On the Ball City returned to Carrow Road this afternoon as a thousand season ticket holders were able to watch a 2-2 draw with Preston, which means Norwich are unbeaten for their opening two games of the season. Let's go with, with that as the Come positive on. angle. What was that, Tony? Come on. Tony's back with us, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> the irreverent humour of Tony Thrussell is back in the pod after we you've actually seen some football for the first time in a while. Yeah, I... <laughs> I didn't watch all 90 minutes, there's there a bit of it which was a bit boring, but what, what, what were you doing <laughs> in that period? I was frantically oh, downloading yeah. pictures and... Yeah, I thought you were going to say you were busy, not bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, championship, isn't it? Yeah, well, Tony's back. Um, but yes, we are also recording um, after this 2-2 draw. Um, plenty to discuss, to be perfectly honest, um, as many... Well, more negatives than positives, I think, if we're being perfectly honest. Um, but before we kick off, I'm Dave Freezer. You can also hear us on Future Radio 107.8 FM on a Wednesday evening. Also here, as ever, are Connor Southwell and Paddy Davitt. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about around the game as well, of course, because uh, Max Ahrens was linked with a rather big club you might have heard of, um, which we'll, we'll come on to. And Tony, Tony's going to sing the song synonymous with that team, aren't you, mate? <laughs> well, he was linked with Newcastle a no. while ago. That's the big club he's talking about. Oh, isn't it? sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> your allegiance again to the tune, isn't it? Tune. To the tune. Um, but no, let's come to Paddy first, um, just to sort of get the the snap reaction to the performance, I suppose. And um, well, what did Daniel Farker make of it? To be fair, he was kind of where my head's at. In that, yeah, they know they probably got out of jail a little bit to get a point. Because on the balance of it, I think Preston would feel. Certainly, Alex Neil, um, seen a few of his post-match quotes. He's pretty disappointed. They didn't get all three points, and and I think Norwich basically, for me, kind of ended up playing the game Preston wanted to play. You know, they they were unable to really get a grip in midfield areas. And if you're a Daniel Farker side, it's all about midfield control. Because if you have that, then you start to see what they're good at, which is fluid final third movement and. Uh, they never really established that bar brief glimpses. Um, probably after they'd scored goals, both the game, both goals in the games, gave them a little bit of a boost. And and okay, you, yeah, you could break it down and say, well, as we get into it, you know, they probably had enough chances to go on and win the game. But I think when you've had to come from behind twice, which was Daniel's point, um, you've had the early injury to Kieran Dow, Emmy Buendia wasn't available, um, and that sounds like now that was a fairly late call on the Saturday morning. I think he's basically putting it down to, well, that's not a bad point in the circumstances, but they know themselves without having been told that there's probably definitely plenty of work to, 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 to get underway because, yeah, you wouldn't feel that was a team you're watching today who are going to come straight back up, but it's very early days and you don't play Preston every week. They are a very well-drilled, well-established, playoff-challenging championship side. So I think all in all, Four points from the first two games. I think you'd probably have taken that from the position Norwich were when they end, end, exited the Premier League and then all the upheaval to the squad as well. So, yeah, not quite what we wanted today, but uh, could have been worse. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly in that camp at the moment until the transfer window's closed that I don't want to read too much into things. I mean, they've got another two games before that, haven't they? The trip to Bournemouth next weekend and then back home against Derby. So... Am I being too kind, Connor, by just not reading too much into that? And you know, they get, it's Rotherham afterwards, which is going to be one of those uh, tough championship games where you're going to come up, come up against um, a real physical outfit, aren't they? But uh, is that fair to ask Norwich fans to sort of 
hold the tongue almost for the first four games. Yeah, I think so. Uh, what was what was it last time they they won the league? That was um, without a, or one win in six, wasn't it, or, yeah. or something along those lines? So it just goes to show that it's so early, and, and that they've had eleven additions this summer. So there is going to be a, a period of of them gelling, and I think there were there were moments in the game where you could see they weren't quite on the same wavelength, and um, I think that's that's to be expected given essentially it's a, a fresh squad isn't it and um, I think the positive that they need to take is that they've, they've come from behind because we certainly didn't see enough of that post um, post the return of the Premier League so positive that they got a point out of it of course with Poeta's chance and Puki's chance at the end which which was a brilliant save by um, Rudd we could have been well, talking about a 3-2 a, a win so e- even as we sit here and, and there were plenty of negatives they still could have come away with a win so there are positive elements to it as well and um, yeah I think it is too early I think really you, you probably need to wait until game 10 before sort of looking for any sort of trends and, and themes um, at, at the moment it's just kind of trying to get some momentum building and, and that for me was, was what today was about because the, the thing is at the moment you don't really know how good these teams are that you're coming up against uh, Huddersfield probably look like they, they're going to be a bottom half team but certainly with Preston they look like they're going to be a, a, a playoff challenger and um, I think Paddy Spawn I think they, they dragged Norwich into playing their game they made it an arm wrestle and it's it's not really suited to Norwich that they, they pressed really high in the first half and actually Norwich got into the game a bit more when that intensity dropped in the second half and um, they're a team built in, in Alex Neal's image really they're they're a bit fiery. They they, they want to get in people's faces, and and they're just a very solid championship outfit. And and so that is going to be a, a bit of a a good lesson, I think, in terms of how teams are going to approach them at Carrow Road, and um, particularly the way they they like to play out of the back. They're going to be pressed pretty high. So I think it was a a good lesson. There was enough positives for me to extract to to sort of um, not or limit the amount of concern perhaps from from some of the negatives. Um, I think the the sort of concerns for me is that some of those issues were we probably saw last year as well in terms of how easy it was to carve them open and how they didn't quite deal with 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 the press but beyond that I, I felt it was um it was probably a fair result a point for for both sides and um it was it was a a, a good entertaining clash actually and um yeah I think I think something to build on four points from six it keeps the the wheels in motion really and um and, and they can go to Bournemouth now with a bit of confidence, but they do need to, to, to put in a performance, I think. Maybe maybe there's less of a demand for it at Bournemouth, but certainly in, in the coming weeks they need to show signs of, of improvement because uh, I think even against Huddersfield it was it was a bit scrappy, wasn't it? So I think that there, there is a need for a performance, but but yeah, I, I think Norwich fans are right just to sort of hold off judgment at the moment. Yeah, I just feel like it takes a, a little while to get your rhythm, rhythm particularly when... You're shaking off that relegation hangover, you know. That's um, that's the big thing for me is that I'm not expecting too much yet. I, I feel like if they can get through to the transfer deadline relatively unscathed, and and you know, say they've got I don't know six or seven points at that point, and then you start building from there. Um, although <laughs> once they come back in October, they're not far away from another November into uh, the November international break. So yeah, it's going to be a, a bit of a weird start. Um, but Tony, you managed to completely bypass behind closed doors football and. You yeah, came back today, thankfully. and <laughs> thankfully, yeah, because it wasn't wasn't a nice experience. Um, you know, we'll have to uh, be careful about how excited we get with this because we don't know what's around the corner, do we? You know, mm-hmm. there's talk of you know potentially another national lockdown, and there's already basically lockdowns in in the north and things like that. But besides those sort of more serious issues, how did you find the atmosphere overall? Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a bit eerie. It was mm. at the start. There was a little bit of singing, but then it kind of just settled, and you almost forgot the fans were there. And at some points, until 
maybe the last 20 when Norwich were pushing you could see where well there was incidents where they did get on the referee's back when you could kind of sense that's when the referee gets biased mm, towards maybe what the fans are shouting um, but yeah definitely I think long term it's not sustain- sustainable is it really playing football at this in those grand stadiums mm. with no fans is it it's, no. it's just not what football is at this level anyway and, and you could see it in the players um, when they got promoted last 10 minutes the Barkley or Riverend almost sucked the ball in loads of times didn't it mm. it nearly happened today late but just without that energy and Tim Craw with the penalty as well you kind of miss that energy that he takes from the fans sort of riling them up to get on um, behind him mm. and sadly today he didn't save the penalty but I don't know it's just those little moments because when Sinclair's stepping up to the penalty you, you're just picturing the crowd kind of just pushing Krull to save it and that's that's what we miss yeah I, I thought for a thousand people they didn't do no, that there was a pretty good effort at making some noise on the whole. I think one of the nicest moments is when the keepers first came out to warm out, warm up, and they go Krull and McGovern and Ed Wooden and stuff. They came Daniel Bard and they came out, and that was the first time the fans had the opportunity to give the players a bit of a, a bit of noise. And then you know the rest of the outfield players followed about five minutes later, and those were nice minutes. But we were just saying before we started recording, weren't we, that as usual the PA announcer whips up on the Bull City, but they played some sort of canned. Mu- uh, canned um, crowd uh, singing over it, it. Yeah. yeah, and it didn't work at all, did it? No. Well, it was out of sync, wasn't it? Because it was, mm. it's like kick it off, kick it off, yeah. <laughs> like saw like half echo, a second yeah. delay, wasn't it? But just on this whole situation, this was a pilot. So mm. was that with the view that if it's successful, the next Norwich home game would have a thousand or? Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I think um, the the initial plan was that the EFL were going to be planning to do more in, in October but I, I don't think we've seen anything definitely have we? No I think um, there, there were talks held this week wasn't there between the government and the, and the relevant people um, there, there was actually I, I don't know if you saw behind the, the sort of glass in, in the Barclay in those executive boxes was it was apparently a table of, of government officials who were sort of yeah. um, overseeing things yeah, yeah. Uh, it, no he wasn't, he wasn't there thankfully um, <laughs> yeah quite with 29 mates <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I thought it was. Um, it, it all seemed to be pretty effective today in terms of how it worked and how the fans entered the stadium and how they exited the stadium. It was it was all very meticulous and um, and 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 obviously the one way systems and, and social distancing and it was it was a really good effort and it's it's been a really difficult period for for everyone um, and I can only imagine. I read a story on our website today about a woman who, who got a ticket who lost her husband a few few oh, months yeah, ago and. Sure. That that a small thing like attending a football match really does lift their mood and will lift their mood now for for the foreseeable future. They they they're probably not too fussed that they saw a two two draw or, a, or or would have been less fussed if they saw a defeat. They just want to be back in stadium supporting their team and 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 that was really good to see today. And it was it was very very surreal actually to to sort of look above the laptop and and see people. It's it feels like it's been ages. Um, <laughs> 
but but they were. Uh, he doesn't get out much. I don't. I don't, get, I don't have many friends. No, um, but, but we are still working from home. To be fair, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm used to just looking up and seeing a wall. To be fair, so it's, it's quite nice. Um, but I, I thought it, I thought it was a good effort considering. Um, yeah, it's a shame about on the ball city. I was I was kind of looking forward to hearing that, and, and they did ruin it a bit. But um, no, it's it's good to see them back. And um, the only point I, I was making, I was making it to Dave before the match actually, is that um, Carlisle put some pitches on, on the, of their ground today and they had a thousand people as well and it kind of feel feels a little bit of a mismatch when you've got 1,000 people in Carlisle stadiums and, and, and 1,000 in Carrow Road given the, the sort of respective size of the two it kind of feels like they, they probably could have had a bit more but in terms of where we are at the moment I felt it it seemed to go as as hoped and as planned and hopefully um, they're in a position in a few weeks time where they can look to, to increase that capacity to, to get even more sort of season ticket holders in there would would be um, would be beneficial, I think, and um, it certainly seemed to lift the players for for those last twenty minutes. I felt. Yeah, fingers crossed. I think when we all got there, we were all sort of saying, "Oh, it's nice to see a few yellow shirts around, wasn't it?" When you get driving to the ground, and uh, of course that thousand who were lucky enough to get the tickets today will now, as I think I'm right in understanding, will not be eligible for the derby game if that is allowed to have a thousand. They now sort of out of the running, and it, you know the remaining season ticket holders who apply for that game will um, will get it. But um, that was when it was still sunny as well and you know some of us wore shorts to the game and um, <laughs> <laughs> Tony <laughs> and uh, ended up kind of regretting it but it was quite cold by the end wasn't it yeah it was got a bit of goosebumps still but... <laughs> he had his sunglasses on the car when he, he, did, when he rocked yeah, up yeah. Yeah. yeah still still I thought it was a player. He's an academy player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In his beamer. Still, still squeezing out the last drops of summer. Yeah. I, I like your hopeful... Um... Well, I've got to say, though, the listeners need to know, this is the first time we've us four have seen each other collectively mm. since what? Since the Sheffield United game. Yeah. Mm. In March, yeah. Yeah. Good, sure. good, good point. How weird. What a, strange, what a strange world it is. Six yeah. months. An even stranger start to the day, they've had. <laughs> Just bang, out of the blue. Barcelona want Max Ahrens. Give us the skinny on that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the lowdown on it, but uh, yeah, well, apparently one of the biggest iconic names in world football, maybe not the Barcelona of their pomp in recent years and the Pep, but still a absolutely institution, aren't they? Um, have held talks with Norwich regarding potential to explore, uh, and this is where it gets into a bit of a... Um, yeah, deal um, to take Aaron's, but from what we can understand, um, basically Barcelona were only wanting to do a deal that was a loan with an option included. Um, so, in other words, there was no obligation at the end of that loan period, and they could return Aaron's to Norwich. So Norwich, quite understandably, said, "Well, if you're essentially just wanting to borrow our player, then then." we'd rather he stayed here unless you want to actually purchase him and agree to purchase him then it's a non-starter and it's come out this morning which is where the frustration is from Norwich and Daniel Parker touched on it again post-match talking about how Aaron's his phone three hours before he's lighting up and he's got everyone under the sun probably asking him about it and then he gets to the ground and probably the players certainly the younger players are asking him about it so 
far from ideal preparation for that man but reading between the lines I think this this is an approach that has been there in the background for a while and, and I think it's currently parked I don't think this is an ongoing situation at the minute um, reading between the lines it looks like they're in for the ladder Ajax so to me I'm seeing immediately a parallel with Liverpool Lewis and then within about 24 hours after that initial bid for Lewis they were unveiling a, a lad from Greece aren't they so whether Max is part of a you know a wider bargain employ to get another player who knows but uh, and also as well quite clearly I'd imagine if you're the people close to Max Aarons and looking after his future it probably doesn't hurt to get him front and centre four weeks from the end of the window because uh, you know he's been linked with Bayern he's been linked with PSG now you throw Barcelona into the mix That'll probably guarantee another swathe of column inches. And... I forgot about PSG. Yeah, He's been linked yeah. with so many. <laughs> yeah. Who would you pick if you were him? <laughs> if you had the choice. Oh, I know three Bayern all day long. Bayern. Bayern, yeah. In terms of the footballing side of it at the minute. And current, Guaranteed yeah. Bundesliga title. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd go to Newcastle every day. Of the week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't don't think he'd probably agree with you, mate. But, uh, well, Jamal's already there, so well, maybe that could be the pull. Reunite. But, um, so, yeah, so... To have a Norwich player linked to Bar- not just linked, but actually be in talks with Barcelona is, well, pretty staggering, really. Uh, it sort of underlines a the progression of Max Aaron's and b how what Norwich have done, um, underlined again with Jamal as well, is now rippling not just around England but beyond England to some of the best clubs in Europe. Norwich's youth development work is is now making some serious waves, and that. That is very encouraging moving forward because the whole model is predicated on developing their own talent. Um, and we're already starting to see probably the next wave with the Adam Eders and Josh Martins. Um, and we hope there's one or two more below that. But right here, right now, Max Aarons won't be going to Barcelona on the terms Barcelona want. So whether they decide to come back in, who knows. But as with all these things, Daniel was very clear. He doesn't want to lose Max Aarons. He wouldn't sell him for 50 million. But if they get a crazy offer then the people who matter at the football club in these areas, i.e. Stuart Webber and the board, the owners, they would have a decision to make. But but on that criteria, there isn't a decision to make because if the only offer on the table is we like to take him on loan and then we'll hand him back if we don't fancy it, then that's not really a decision to be made, is it? Which seems strange, doesn't it, for a massive club like Barcelona to be trying to but that loan. Might, Yeah, but that to me almost underlines, are they that desperate to sign Max Aarons? Mm. You know, if they were desperate to sign Max Aarons and they saw him as a first-choice right-back, they'd put the money down straight away. I saw some funny tweets go, doing the round sort of saying, well, if they if they need a right-back, then Barley Mumba needs some ga- game time and, <laughs> and things like that. Um, but, yeah, the, you know, if you're the representatives of Aaron's and clearly you want Barcelona and PSG and Bayern Munich attached to his name because if that ends up meaning that Wolves or Newcastle or whoever do offer... 20 plus million for him then that's what they that's really the end game that they're they're after isn't it so um we shall see because that's the thing that it that stands out for me really is that the fact that it's come out you know we all know how these things work his somebody close to max has let that get out of the bag haven't they because they want it to be out there they want people to know that barcelona are interested in this young right back um but in terms of on the pitch connor he I wouldn't say it affected him today because I, I thought he was one of the better Norwich players. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, I, I, particularly going forward, I thought he was very effective in, in the second half and um, carried the ball really well, which didn't really have anyone doing that in the first half either. So, um, yeah, you, you can certainly see why those sort of clubs are interested in him because of 
his attributes and, and because of how he, he does carry the ball and because of how he does attack and what he offers in, in the attacking third as well. He's very decisive, I think, in, in terms of, of his play and how he links up with people and very intelligent in how he runs. So you've really got to sort of praise Norwich's development of him for that because I think he's he's becoming a very well-rounded fullback. And if he does stay with Norwich, then there's no doubt they have, they have probably the best right-back in the division. So... Um, you can certainly understand it, but but equally it feels a little bit now with four weeks to go until the window closed that maybe there's there's a bit of desperation on on certain agents' parts to to try and get their their players a move because it's been a very slow window. I think we're we're only really starting to see it pick up now. Obviously, Spurs have have done the two deals today, haven't they? So um, whether that has a knock-on effect, and obviously Yotta going to Wolves and uh, Liverpool rather from Wolves and whether we, it sort of picks up in in the weeks to come or not, who knows? But um, it, it does feel, yeah, the timing of it, I think, is is very strange, and it, it just kind of feels to me like maybe it's um, it's being used as a ploy to try and get him perhaps somewhere else from from I don't know his, his representatives or, or whatever. We're, we're not privy to it, so um, it'd be unfair for us to to say completely. But I, I think the aspect of that deal just is a non-starter. It, it makes no sense from Norwich's perspective to let out their their first choice right back on on loan without. Um, an obligation that they're going to see money at some point because if there is an obligation in 12 months at Barcelona pay a fee then Norwich can at least sort of dip into their budget and and, and plan for that whereas if it's an option then they're kind of stuck in, in leeway for, for a year aren't they and they're probably going to have to then go and get a right back on loan themselves so it doesn't really make sense in terms of a, a season long loan of an option I think a, an obligation is a different story but clearly any player is, is going to be drawn in by, by Barcelona but um, I think from from when we spoke to Max and and when when you see him, he's a very mature young man. I, I don't think he'll he'll let it affect him too much. I think he's he's fairly um, sort of down to earth and, and, and mature about these things. And I think he, he'll probably be um, be big enough to, to to get on with it, to be honest. And um, I think he again, all of these young players are in a position where they they have a degree of gratitude to the club. So for them to then go and chuck their toys out of the pram, I think is 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 probably not really. Um, very respectful of, of perhaps how the club have, have treated them and given the opportunity so I don't think we'll see any of that but it does feel like now we're, we're getting to a stage of desperation I think for, for some people Yeah, going to be very interesting to see what happens um, Emi Buendia, as Pad says as well this little shin issue which kept him out today so the same starting 11, same 18 um, Lucas Rupp still, still on the bench and he's the one who I wonder if Max went um, uh, obviously you've got Mumba in the mix as well but I just wonder whether they'll end up using Rupp as a, as a right back because I remember when he arrived that Daniel um, flagged it up didn't he um, and, and I can just see him fitting that role as well you know he's tenacious he can pass the ball he's got a little bit of speed but he doesn't you know he doesn't really seem like he's that far up the pecking order in terms of central midfield but if you put him at right back I could see him actually doing quite a decent job so um, we'll see how all that develops um, right on to the game then uh, 14th minute penalty Tony, what do you make of the the decision? Oliver Skip, just a bit of inexperience, or yeah, I mean, it's one of those which, when it goes against you, it looks soft, but when it goes for you, you're crying out for a penalty. Mm. And I, I think we'll mention VAR once probably in this, and I'll do it. I don't think VAR would have overturned that. I think no, they I'd... would have just been like, yeah, that's fine. But yeah, after all of the plaudits he got last week, I guess it was a crash back down to earth. This is. This is what to expect in the championship. So, yeah, a bit of inexperience and naivety, as Daniel likes to say. Um, hopefully, he learns from that. And but again, actually, it's it's a problem from across. 
from a from a corner. From yeah. a corner. Yeah. Which, Just panic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know if we're going to see that fixed under mm. Daniel Farker. <laughs> it's definitely something that is is like for some people it's what they're focusing on all the time now yeah. isn't it is that Norwich can't defend corners or set pieces and that's the thing they're focusing on every single game so yeah I mean he gave the referee a decision to make we just uh, got caught behind him didn't he yeah and was misjudged it definitely and misjudged the guy it. was obviously just looking for it and fair enough he got but, it but on that point um, it's just popped into my head again and it was the same because I remember referencing it at Huddersfield you watched how Norwich line up now and they have four or five across the width of the six-yard box, just marking space. We don't need to go into the nuances of this debate again, but it's, it seems to me so obvious. If you're Alex Neal, knowing that's that because you've watched the tape of the Huddersfield game, and that's what happened on that goal, if you watch it back, they basically he's put his heavy artillery in a little pod on the penalty spot. Mm. So if you've got, as they do in that five along, along the six-yard box, you've got the Zimmermans, the McLeans, Godfrey, you know, Norwich is better aerial headers of the ball, you're almost taking them out of the equation because that's why a skip's having to make a challenge on a Preston centre back. Mm. It just, as Tony says, it feels now he's, he's almost got himself into this position that he's, he's not going to entertain any major tactical overhaul to how they defend set pieces. But frankly, you know, we've seen it now two weeks running already now that they've been very susceptible from the area and it's proved costly today and um, you know the answer to me would seem to be change what you're doing because what you're doing isn't working at the minute and okay you could pick out the what Skip didn't do in that scenario but as I say you've got the Norwich's smallest player basically trying to get in between the four or five of the Preston big headers on the penalty spot well there's only going to be one winner most times when the ball goes in if the ball comes in with any decent quality then you're almost harming your chances of defending balls so that is becoming a real frustration I think for certainly people watching from afar because I think with a few tweaks they could remedy that and then they wouldn't be as easy to score against from corners or set pieces in general so you know whether he will change or not it's because there's like I'm just cleaning this table in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he's got a bit of a nervous twitch yeah. rubbing the table. Yeah, I might be sort of spitting on the table. I tell you what, I was talking about set pieces. Isn't yeah, it? it's, it's cursed you that much. That's what it is. Hope, this is Farker's fourth season, right? With yeah. City, City. Um, was it a problem in his first season, set pieces? Yeah, within reason. I mean, they were they played three at the back a bit more, didn't they, in uh, in that first season? So that you know, there were times when you had Hanley closer and Zimmerman all all there, and mm. certainly when they had those three there, they generally were, were better. But you know, it was zonal again, wasn't it? So um, yeah, but we've talked about that stuff a, yeah. a lot, haven't we? But it's um, interesting that three of those three centre backs are still here now. Yeah, Hanley's still injured. Yeah, he's back in full training this week. Um, Close seems to just sort of disappear off the radar a little bit, doesn't he? But um, uh, just to come back to you, Paddy, um, Poeta came on for Dowell in the 24th minute. Was Daniel able to sort of give much of an update? Someone said to me that they thought they'd seen Dowell leave on crutches. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was on crutches and he had a boot on, a protective boot up to his sort of left knee, which is why I put it to Daniel, was it the knee? But he said, no, left ankle, left foot area. Um, Got a heavy heavy collision early on in the game and wasn't able to run it off um, and obviously the boot and the crutches make it look probably worse than it actually is but that's that's the immediate sports science protocol isn't it you know just to take the weight off it and try and get, get as much protection on it as possible so as with these things 
they'll have to let it settle down overnight let the swelling come out of it a little bit and then get it scanned properly um, and Daniel couldn't really offer too much either way you know um, you hope for the best but uh, yeah I mean the fact it isn't knee I would think I'd be slightly more optimistic but if it's ligament damage to the ankle well that you know that can be a long term injury as well in terms of weeks anyway so that would be a blow for the lad if he's going to be missing at the, part, at the early part of his Norwich career when he would clearly want to be laying down a marker um, but ultimately I thought Poeta although he as I tweeted missed probably the biggest chance you'll see all season at Carrow Road <laughs> he did get himself on the score sheet and I thought he by the end of the game he looked like he'd grown in confidence probably from scoring so that might not be the worst scenario you know if, if Dowell out means we see more of Poeta because I think he does offer him a bit more of a, a thrust in these early weeks when they're trying to formulate as you rightly said Dave trying to almost get themselves through to a position where the window's behind them and they can really just focus on the job in hand um, because I think with Dowell in there and Cantwell it's not quite working for me at the minute um, on the evidence of the one and a bit games so far but of course we have the magician from Argentina to drop into that mix as well so another reason why if Dowell was out for any length of time and Buendia stays here I don't think it materially impacts Norwich moving forward in the interim anyway yeah, I think Dowell and Cantwell are a little bit too too similar, aren't they? But let's, let's hope Dowell's all right. I mean, my mind just goes back to when you two boys were at Hull for the England under-21s game and Max hurt his ankle, didn't he? Mm. And he was all in a boo and things like that. And he missed, I think, uh, I think did he even miss one game? He might have even made it back in time, didn't he, for the Palace game at, uh, after the international break. Yeah, so he didn't make it back. It is, <laughs> you nearly didn't make it back. Uh, yeah. Don't go down that route again. Yeah, what I'll do is I'll ignore the sat-nav. Uh, right. <laughs> a, a classic you, you're going to start there. domestic here 3am on the A whatever it is between Hull and I'm not, yeah, the not A1 to Hull this year Oh, they got re- did they, re- relegated? they got relegated. So yeah, got that's, a, that's an awkward <laughs> one to get to, isn't it? Um, but yeah, anyway, that just emphasises the point, doesn't it? That the the boot and the crutch and things like that can make it look uh, a lot scarier than it necessarily is. But the first goal at Carroll Road since the end of February, and who else to score it? But a Declan Rudd own goal. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, I think we're giving it to Timo, aren't we, Connor? Yeah, the, the the dubious goals panel don't care about the championship, do they? That's, that's, that's you've got to give it to him for for the confidence. And, and I felt it was actually a, a pretty decent display from him today. I think yeah. he was he was he was one of Norwich's better. Um, and and whether it was the goal that sparked him into life or not, I'm not sure. But um, he, he certainly seemed to link the play a bit better and, and was a bit more involved. Um, didn't have too many clear cut chances. It was a header that he scored with, which is which is rare. I think he's he's only scored one, hasn't he? Which was um, away at Stoke um, in 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 the back end of that championship season. So they don't happen too often either. But it, it was a brilliant run, really, from from Quintia's cross. They, they recycled the corner well, and um, it was it was classic Pookie. Really spotted some space, attacked it. Um, made good contact. It probably wasn't the best header in the world, but but did enough to sort of send it goalwards. And and yeah, Rudd's made a bit of an error. Although I, on, on Declan Rudd, as, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I think he's he's probably redeemed himself with that save he made later on from Timu Puki um, after some brilliant work from from Puetta. So um, it was um, it was good to see him back on the score sheet. It will do him the world of good, I think. And, and hopefully that kick starts a real run for him. But you would hope Norwich are in a position this year where they don't need to rely on him to score 29 goals. That's that's the point. I think if if he gets 15 and, and the goals are shared around, then it probably doesn't matter too much and, and it probably takes the pressure off his shoulders a little bit. But um, on on the striker's point, I felt Adam Eder made, gave Norwich a, a real impetus as well yeah, when he, he came on and um, 
almost from a, a slightly deeper position, which was which was interesting as well. And um, he, it was his pass to Pluetta or Puchetta that set up Puki's chance at the end as well. So he, he was he was really influential again. I felt Ida when he came on. So it's it's a good position to be in for Daniel Farker, I think, because you've got three really hungry strikers now. Puki will will obviously be keen to to get his name back in uh, sort of on the on the score sheet regularly, which started today. Adam Ida who. Um, sort of impresses me more every time I see him play and then Jordan Hugel as well who's going to be keen to, to show his worth I guess when, when he comes on as well so it's a really nice position for, for them to be in they've got strength and depth they've got championship quality there um, I just hope they can share the goals around but I, I think on, on the evidence of the opening two weeks to have Ida and, and Puku with a goal I think you'd say that's that's probably ideal yeah, he, does look, he looks ready, doesn't he? He looks hungry. Physically, he definitely looks ready. I mean, Hugo restricted to, what, 89th minute, so six minutes of injury time. He didn't, didn't get much to do. Um, but, yeah, Adam. it was Adam's shot, yeah, that led to that Pojeta miss. And, yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot to like about him at the moment. And, and of course, Ireland really like the fact that he's a balanced striker, isn't he? You know, he has got that size and strength, but he can do the, the poaching side of it as well. So, you know, if he gets up ahead of steam, you never know. Um Pucky's going to have to keep scoring the goals. But yes, thank you, Declan. Uh, good Norfolk boy. Um, helping out on, on the big day. That was um, a rather unfortunate mistake. But um, he, he did redeem himself and quite quickly as well, actually. didn't? Um, there was a back pass from Ben Pearson and Pucky looked like he was in and Rudd just on the edge of his area. He very nearly was out of his area. Was He managed to stop Pucky knocking it around him. And, you know, if, if Norwich would have uh, gone ahead then, then you could have seen Preston crumbling. But um, fair play to him. But then um, then the goal, um, Mr Zimmerman, where, did, where was he off to, Pad? Shops, yeah, no, he was very poor today, in my opinion. Um, it got bullied by the lad Maguire, who was only I don't know what off the top of my head. Well, <laughs> he's certainly not the size of Zimmerman, so physically, why he was getting dominated, I find very strange. He looked just out of kilter, but out of sorts. Um, I mean, the classic that summed it all up was when I think it had gone 2 2 and Norwich are uh, looking for a head of steam. He's played a square pass outside the edge of his box. And it's obviously it must have been Aaron's in that area of the pitch, and he's played it behind Aaron's. It's gone out of play. Um, just a simple, basic lack of concentration. Very poor. Now, why that was today, I don't know. They, as, as we all do, we have bad days at the office. But uh, I'm afraid with the competition, and you saw Ben Gibson prowling the touchline there in the second half. He's gonna uh, he's gonna swiftly find himself out the side if he if that is more than a, a, a one game blip because. Uh, yeah, on that evidence, he was uh, he was poor today. He, he hasn't played much in the last year, though, has he, Zimmerman? Because he had that bad injury. Yeah. Didn't, when did he come back? I forget, did he? Yeah, he came back for the like, last two or three games of the season, didn't he? But yeah. mid-season, he came back from... Um, the ha- well, he had he had minor knee surgery last last summer, 2019, yeah. didn't he? Which pre- prevented his pre-season stuff. And then he, he came back uh, uh, in the Crawley game initially oh, and when close got badly hurt. But he also got a bit of a knock. But he had to play at West Ham. Then Hale cro- cropped him, didn't yeah, he? Came back in like... That yeah, that was... And he didn't even get booked for it. Yeah. Um, so then it's, what, November, December time, Zimbo comes back. They finally get that run of things with him and Hanley, and it's working, isn't it? Mm. And then, um, of course, him and Hanley don't re- re-emerge from the um, from the lockdown period. So, mm. um, yeah, but that that goal, Connor, I mean, Godfrey did well to get it off the line, didn't he? But yeah, I, mean, I suppose Krull was, was less stranded, really, by Zimbo going walkabouts. Yeah, and it was it was a good pass by by Ledson as well, it but was. it's uh, it's it's completely split Norwich open down down the centre, which is a, a real issue. And, and yeah, I think um, there's uh, yeah Zim, Zimmons at sea really, and it's it's a really good 
finish by by Fisher. I think that's his first goal for Preston as well. I, I heard uh, one of the commentators say behind yeah. me, and he's um, he's a, he's an infuriating player. I think every time I've seen him play, he's, uh, he's certainly good at sort of rubbing people up the wrong way. I think he's he's ex Manchester United, isn't he? Which which might be why, but. Um, uh, I think that's, that's that's probably a different conversation, but yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's uh, that, that came from somewhere deep, <laughs> yeah, a deep hatred for Manchester United. Well, well, yeah, I, yeah, I won't make the confession I was going to make, but um, oh, they lost. To yeah, Palace. I saw I saw they lost to Palace. Um, Don't get him started. <laughs> but what we're talking about the goal, yeah, I, I think yeah, it's it's um, it's probably that, and that, that was what I was talking about in in terms of the reopening old wounds. It kind of felt like that was. Norwich showing their, their frailties again defensively and, and it was interesting in the second half to see what Paddy said there in terms of Maguire sort of troubling Zimmerman to see Godfrey actually be moved to the right side and I kind of wonder because he's, he's played on the left pretty much throughout the, the entirety of his, um, of his Norwich career in defence um, whether that, that sort of a, with, a, with a view to, to Gibson coming in on, on the left side um, and it's kind of a difficult one for Norwich because left side is centre-backs they, essentially they, they make you more money if you can develop a good one um, they are more sort of sought after than right-sided ones and, and I kind of can see why they're trying to mould Godfrey into, into that position but I think when you've got someone the calibre of Ben Gibson I think any bad performance in in defence is going to lead to sort of conversations and questions around that man coming in because of the finances involved in the deal because of his pedigree um, and I think we will see him at Bournemouth now because I think it, it was really get ever it was going to be a matter of, of if not when really he came into the side and it was really down to to, to Zimmerman and or Godfrey to make sure they stayed in the side and I don't think Zimmerman did enough today he looks a bit clunky still like whether again it's it's the fish the the fitness point and him sort of coming back to full speed or um, not sure not sure but it, it, it wasn't right for him today and I think he'll he'll probably be dipped out for Bournemouth with, with Gibson to come back which I don't think or to, for Gibson to come in which I don't think will will be a, a bad call really it's going to be interesting to see what that does to the overall dynamic of, of that back two essentially with, with two left-sided centre-backs and, and how Daniel Farker decides to juggle that but um, but yeah certainly those defensive frailties need to be addressed and, and, and pretty soon as well because they can't concede the volume of goals that they did last season and even in the in the title winning season for me if, if they want to return to, to where they feel they should be Godfrey did one I think it was end of the first half as well that led to Quintier's yellow card wasn't it when he similarly to Zimmerman just followed Maguire out of the box and then just left this big hole behind him and Preston used it instantly almost like they'd planned it I mean that's very basic centre-back play you know you, you, if you're going back in the day you know you're Alan Hansons or whoever you're old school centre-backs they don't leave that back line do they it's like no no he's the midfielder's problem now so well, I think I think that's what Maguire was very good at doing today he pulled them out a lot and Sinclair got a lot of joy because of that and they, they tried to Maguire was almost kind of like a false nine. He'd drop in, the wingers yeah. would push on, and there'd be space. And and that's it's so basic, as you say. It's so it's such a basic um, element of, of defending. There's probably a wider point to be made about the midfield, but um, they just need to to address it because it's 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 been going on for too long now. As 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 with the set pieces, really, and they they need to become much more solid off the ball because uh, certainly at the end, I know they were chasing a goal, but it was it was a bit too much like a basketball match for me. It never really felt like they were fully in control, and that's something they need to be in in the weeks ahead if, if they want to assert their dominance on this division yeah and the midfield didn't have enough control today that was pretty clear I think for anyone watching it but um, just to wrap 
battle through the second half then Max Ahrens uh, had that uh, left footed shot which was pretty decent actually wasn't far away from the from the top corner just onto the, the roof of the net um, the, the chance that Paddy mentions in the 67th minute when Poeta really should have been equalising but that came from a really good bit of play from Adam Eder step over into the right side of the box and drilled a low left footed shot which Declan Rudd did well to get down and save. Uh, 75th minute, Norwich appealed for a penalty, and that was Ben Davies. I've, has anyone seen a sort of conclusive angle on that yet? No. I, the angles that I saw, I couldn't really say I was sure. Is that the one where it the handball flash header? Yeah, he'd have got it down to one. Yeah, row, I mean, yeah. it was so near to his body, as in where the ball travelled from. So now I haven't seen anything which suggests that was a decent penalty shot. No. Um, and then the the equalising goal which was a nice moment wasn't it Tony I mean um, it comes from Max Aaron's cross on the right um, and then Poeta gets a bit of luck but a lovely finish I mean, and we were lucky we had, a, we had a great view of it didn't we but the reaction felt really really great in the stadium yeah it was a, it was a first time cross as well wasn't it pretty much so yeah I think um, byline and he hit it was were you it, watching it <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh no no! Oh, no Sorry, you're thinking I'm, of the I'm late chance, chance yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, the goal. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I remember, I remember. Yeah, yeah, good goal. Left footed into the top right <laughs> yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah. The the reaction though, the, the atmosphere in the in the stadium felt great, and it did feel like Norwich were going to get do it. Yeah, at the end, yeah, it? it was kind of a throwback to yeah. what a year and a half ago when Norwich would bundle in three goals at the end and win four three. It was sort of. Um, that was probably the moment where the fans in the stadium got that feeling like yeah. we're back. This is this is why we're here. This is what we love to see. And yeah, even for us, it was good to see that because up until then it was a bit. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> Forty-six games in the championship, but yeah, can't knock that. Yeah, they're they're a grind. But that, I think we were saying when we were walking out of the stadium, when we the Preston is like your archetypal championship game, isn't it? Mm. They are so solid. They're so well organised. They're so top drilled. 10 team, aren't they? So but they should be a top ten. Yeah. You know, they were only four points off the playoffs last year, I think, in ninth. But Alex Neal as well. The whole time he was like a jack in a box, wasn't he? Just yeah. constantly ordering them around and barking at the players, getting them and and. You know, I was watching it and it was working as well because he could see it so quickly because he was a tenacious midfielder himself, wasn't he? And the pressing, you know, the split second one of his players hadn't reacted to press, he was on them, wasn't he? He was like, come on, you know, mm. constantly, constantly. Um, but that chance at the end pad, I, I, I thought Pookie had done it. I mean, like Tony says, Pojeta does really well to actually get the cross in. But what a save from Declan Rudd because that, that would have been it. That would have been 3-2 in, what, 95th minute, I think? Yeah, that was the game. And to draw out Tony's point, that would have been evoking memories of the title-winning season, Pookie time, as it was known, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Brilliant move, brilliant move. Ida, first time. Pojeta, first time. And then the run. That, to me, was really the... The signal that I thought, yeah, maybe maybe this man is able to recapture what we associate with him in his most fertile period at Norwich because clearly confident from getting on the score sheet in the first half to make that run and then a the technique because the ball's coming across him and he's just first time bang, mm. it's going into the roof of the net and uh, yeah, that was a brilliant save from Declan Rudd, no two ways about it because um, he's almost got to anticipate that the shot's going to be on that trajectory because it's that close to him. I mean, he's pretty much on the six yard line, so yeah frustrating but uh, I think if I'm honest that would have probably flattered Norwich if they'd have got their noses in yeah, front yeah. so yeah in the grand scheme of things I think they probably at most deserved a point today but uh, but it was good it was good in the bigger context that um, you know 
they have a striker again who feels like he, yeah, maybe there is a still bit of mileage left in his story at Norwich. Yeah, Neil would have been fuming if they'd have lost that game, but um, I, I was really pleased to see that movement, that anticipation there from Pookie because you know before he got that injury, he had literally started proving that he was a Premier League player, and with Finland, he is, you know, he's a top level player, isn't he? if he hadn't have got not so badly off course midway through last season so if he gets up ahead of steam there's no reason why he can't really get back into form and start enjoying himself in the championship because there's, there's a lot of championship defenders who won't be able to cope with his movement and his touch looked good as well today he look, just looked a little bit happier so that's um, that's hopefully a good sign from true crime to football brexit to folklore for more great podcasts from archant head to audioboom.com slash channel slash archant Um, right, well, I think that's just about everything covered. Um, on to Bournemouth next Sunday, which um, I think we'll be pretty certain is going to be a, a difficult game, but it's probably going to be, um, <laughs> you know, it's very much not, but it's going to feel more like a Premier League game, isn't it? It's going to be one of those where it's two quite similar teams. Yeah, and I can see them sort of cancelling each other out, to be honest. I think they, I'm not sure how they got on. I know they were beating Middlesbrough um, so at one point. 1 1, uh, Middlesbrough. Finished 1 yeah. yeah, so um, I think they've got um, four points as well from six. So very similar starts, really. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting game to sort of see where the two clubs are. Obviously, Bournemouth elected to change their manager. Norwich sort of went down the changing their squad route. There's still a lot of talent in that in that Bournemouth squad, particularly offensively, um, individually that they can they can hurt you on their day. But I think as as a collective, they they may be um, flat to deceive a little bit. So that, that, there are going to be uh, opportunities for Norwich if if they can create them. But for me, it's it's now about seeing a, a solid performance because I think that's probably what we've lacked in the opening two weeks. They've been uh, effective and 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 there's been moments of, of, of some really nice stuff and there's been some decent passages but they need to sort of string that over a 90 minutes and, and hopefully they can do that against the Bournemouth side that I think will look to try and play football against them and I don't think we'll be in as intense to face as, as Preston were today so it might be a game that's perhaps a bit more uh, a bit more set up for Norwich yeah, last year that nil-nil that was a pretty grim affair, wasn't it? But at the time was a, a very welcome clean sheet and, and a point for Norwich, wasn't it? So um, this is, I suppose, Pad. This is the first game of the season when they're not going to be favourites for, for for a game. So you never know; it might just take a little bit of um, helpful pressure off. Yeah, I mean, and it could be, albeit a bit earlier than the tight winning season, it could be the the the, the Middlesbrough moment where mm. you know. Pookie scores first time he's really tried in that position. They keep a clean sheet and then they never look back and. We may now, after two pragmatic sort of performances, certainly two decent results, but it might be they go to Bournemouth, suddenly things start to click, maybe to take Connor's point, you know, Gibson comes in, Zimmerman drops out, that begins to gel the defence a little bit more. Um, Pookie gets on the score sheet again, and then, you know, next thing you know, they've, they've gone on a 10-11 game unbeaten run. So, easy. It's just like that. That's all, yeah. that's all there is to it. I don't even know what we're all debating the points for, you know. Open top bus. Well, socially distanced, uh, yeah, presentation. Uh, but, uh, Leeds didn't worry about that. No. but um, And they left that out of the Amazon documentary as well. I wonder why. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't... I mean, Brooks is still there, as you, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he's their, he's their key Solan- offensive Solan- weapon. Solan-K. Yeah. And King. King, yeah. But you could quite conceivably see it being a bit of a stalemate. Yeah, that maybe it'll be a bit of a cagey affair, and neither side will want to give away too much. But should Norwich a produce a performance and b more importantly get the win, then um, yeah, then they will definitely feel that they're up and running. 
Okie doke. Right. Thank you, fellas. That was good stuff. Um, I think we can wrap it there. Thank you very much for listening. As ever, if you um, ever want to leave us any ratings or reviews on your chosen podcast platform, then that's always very much appreciated. Uh, But for now, thanks for listening. We'll catch up with you the other side of Bournemouth. Of course, pinking.com is the place to be for all the latest Norwich City news and views. And we will catch up with you very soon.